0: Here's Lemieux, the center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux, oh my goodness, what a
1: goal, what a move, Lemieux, oh baby. There's a mistake in a two-and-point
0: for sure, it's talking Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show. Welcome, listeners, to Season 5, Episode 27, an episode that we're calling the Niedermeyer, Scott Niedermeyer, one of the most handsome men in hockey. He's uh, now retired, you know, he's age 49, but he played He played a long time in the NHL. We're going to talk a little bit about number 27, Scott Niedermeyer, uh, the guy that we are naming this episode after. Um, it's co-host Tom here with you. I'm with, as always, co host Randy. We're here on uh, UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg and uh, podcasted anywhere and everywhere. Co host Randy, how are you doing today? I ask you right as you're in the middle of a sip of coffee there.
1: <laughs> I'm doing great. You know, I was just thinking, uh, I think on a previous episode, we were talking about hockey nicknames. And yeah. if, it's, if it's a one syllable nickname, then you add a Y or an ER. Or yeah. if it's like a. A multi-syllable nickname then you make it one syllable so like wheeler becomes wheels yeah shifley becomes shifes you know so niedermeyer what is his nickname
0: Four. you got four syllables there so <laughs> yeah you, I, you could go maybe needsy or something or needs yeah meter i mean meter that of... you
1: might as well just say his whole name then <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll have yeah. to uh talk to russ Rankin and find out what his nickname was
0: yeah yeah or maybe it's just something simple like Scotty. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but sometimes the nickname has nothing to do with their actual name, you know, Um trying to think of an example off the top of my head. I mean, all I can think of is Campbell, Jack Campbell, and they call him soup, but that's yeah. because of Campbell's soup. So it is to do with his name, but um, yeah, I don't know. There's, uh, there's some good nicknames out there, but uh, yeah, no uh, Scotty Niedermeyer. You're right. Russ Rankin, former guest of the show. Uh, two time guest of the show and uh, front man of uh, uh, punk band, uh, Good Riddance. Good Riddance. Thank you. Sorry, I was totally blanking on that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's also, you know, uh, scout for the WHL in in California where he's from, and um, he scouts for the uh, Tri City Americans. Is it is that the team correct? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, but he's a big Devils fan, and we've talked a lot of New Jersey Devils with him on the show. And to be honest, the beginning of this season, our first episode of season five, but way back in September, uh, or whenever we, we yeah, that that. was
1: early September because Good Riddance was here for the uh, that festival there at Park Theater. Yeah,
0: yeah, Uh, and uh, SOS Fest, I think it's called, and uh, and yeah, we we talked to Russ, and he was. he was stoked on the Devils this year. He liked what they were up to in the offseason. And now, you know, fast forward to the uh, postseason, the NHL postseason, the Devils, they are taking the New York Rangers to game seven. The Devils actually finished higher than the Rangers in the Metropolitan Division. They were number, seeds number two and three. But I think that maybe the Rangers are kind of the more favored team going into the series, I just with all their playoff experience. Exactly, yeah. You know, um, the goaltending, uh, but the Devils, I mean, they want, They lost the first two games and they won three in a row. New York forced a game seven on the weekend. That'll be coming up, uh, I believe. Game seven will be Monday night. T- tonight, yeah, Monday night. And uh, it's been a great series. But before we talk about that, let's talk a little bit about Scott Niedermeyer, number 27. I mean, this is a guy who played for Team Canada at, like, every level probably he's got I don't you know the other like the triple gold club or whatever uh I think Scott Niedermeyer is like the president of that club (laughs) like he's he's got gold gold medals from Salt Lake City and Vancouver Olympics he's got gold at the world championships a gold at the world cup a gold at the world juniors he's got four Stanley cups the question is did he win a memorial cup or whatever you know in junior he played for cam loops uh
1: i don't think so
0: no so in 1990 i'm just uh summarizing i'll, I'll give you the cole's notes <laughs> of the wikipedia here but in 1990 uh the Camloops blazers were the top ranked team in canada went to the memorial cup but they lost all three uh tournament games which was a major disappointment uh I guess. And so that's maybe the only thing that Scott Niedermeyer doesn't have on his resume. He, um, he also won the Norris trophy for the best defenseman. He won the con Smythe trophy for playoff MVP. He's uh, you know, four-time all-star um, and he's on the, uh, the list that, you know, that 100 uh, NHL, 100 greatest players. He's on that list and deservedly. So he was a smooth skating Smart defenseman
1: and not you know? very big,
0: yeah, like not, yeah, exactly. Uh, listed at six one one ninety four, 194, which it's not small, but it's you know, for the era that he played in on the team that you know, he was those 1990s devils that were known for being big and you know, uh, um, well,
1: they would also had what like Scott Stevens and
0: yeah, Ken Danico and uh. Yeah, um, I, I think Danico and Stevens were the 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 tower of power or whatever the, they called that pairing, it was uh pretty imposing. Um, but Niedermeyer, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame. There's another uh, notch in his belt. Um, I'll give you the Cole's notes here. So he played 1,263 career regular season games, 740 points so he had 172 career goals, 568 assists. He was a career plus 167 excuse me 167. And he finished with uh 784 penalty minutes on the career. Um <clears throat> not too shabby. It was uh split over you know three two teams. Uh he played 13 years for New Jersey. That's who drafted him. They drafted him 3rd overall. Uh, we'll get into maybe that draft a little bit. Cause that's an interesting draft too. And, um, third overall drafted by New Jersey. And then he went to Anaheim and in, it was, uh, the mighty ducks of Anaheim before they switched to just the Anaheim ducks. And yeah, he won uh Stanley cup with Anaheim. So that was, um, that was 19 or sorry, 2000 and what year did they win the cup there? Two thousand six, seven. Yeah, right. That was over Ottawa, wasn't it? You it beat was. Ottawa in the final. Yeah, yeah, because that in, was in like four straight.
1: Close, close to the same era of Calgary being in the finals. And yeah, we had we had Edmonton, we had Edmonton
0: or Calgary, Edmonton, Ottawa in the final three years in a row. Now there was a lockout or something in the middle of that. I believe. Oh, 05, I believe. Yeah, in yeah. between Calgary and um. Edmonton, and then a few years later, Vancouver made the finals. It was a good run of Canadian teams making the finals. Came up short, a little, of course, but you Still know, hey, maybe.
1: And then Montreal a couple of years ago, what, like two years ago, for yeah, Tampa's yeah. first Cup,
0: yeah, or yeah,
1: first of two in a yeah, row, yeah,
0: exactly, um, yeah. So uh, we just need so this year, you know, maybe Edmonton or, or Toronto. They both have advanced past the first round toronto for the first time in 19 years um we'll talk about that all all, a little bit later in the show but yeah i think um when 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 we talk about scott niedermeyer like what do you have like a uh kind of moment or memory of him that kind of like is is what sticks in your head when you think about needs needs (laughs)
1: needsy actually i looked it up and apparently him and his brother uh rob niedermeyer yeah. are so close that they nicknamed them Cliff and Norm from Cheers. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so there you go. Like It's like the nickname that has nothing to do with their actual name.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like uh, it.
1: But yeah, when, when and I I believe they would have won the cup together uh, in Anaheim.
0: In Anaheim, uh, they did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right.
1: I wouldn't say there's one like, specific memory. Maybe just like he would always see him, like on every single team. Like he would always be in the playoffs – regular regularly in the Stanley Cup finals. Um, you know, always Canada with the Olympics. Um, just like he 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 was just like that defenseman who was always there. Like you talk, yeah, you talk hockey and he's like, you know, top of the list. Um yeah. You, you could yeah, maybe could think- you could maybe compare him a little bit to Kale McCarr, like right now, like or compare Kale McCarr to him like you know, I think Kale might be of the same pedigree pretty soon of, like, uh, you know, all the accolades and awards yeah. and, and and that sort of thing. Um, Just such a yeah.
0: good skater that, like, the rest of his game, like, his game is entirely built on how good of a skater he is, you know, because, like, Scott was never, like, this overpowering physical defenseman. Kale Makar is not either. Not to say that they can't be physical, but, you know, their game is more... Based on their skating, a little bit of a Josh Morrissey type of thing going on there too. Like the way Morrissey's such a good skater, you know, covers a lot of ground pretty easily and quickly. Um, one thing I always think of when I think of like a picture of Scott Niedermayer in my head is the captain uh, on his shirt uh, with Team Canada at the 2010 Olympics there in BC, um, in Vancouver. And and you know, you think about that team. You had Sidney Crosby with the golden goal. Sid was, I mean, he was a young pup at the time I'm trying to think how it no, wasn't Sid been, the captain. No, I'm no? pretty sure. Sh- I'm pretty sure it was Scott Niedermeyer.
1: Okay. Well, though, I just, when you think about pictures, was he like, yeah. I, I can only imagine, or I, like I just imagined Scott Niedermeyer with like the draft hockey cards, you know, mm-hmm. the year he was yeah. drafted with the classic look,
0: um, um what? Yeah, so his draft year, he was taken 3rd overall. Um and that was the year that uh w- who was who was number 1? Eric Lindros, right? Lindros, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um sorry, I'm just googling team captain.
1: Yeah, he Canada. wasn't. Yeah, came, uh, Crosby wasn't captain.
0: It was Niedermeyer, yeah. yeah. Okay, I thought I thought so. I I I, I just because I've got this set on DVD, you know, like the 2010 <laughs> uh, Olympic hockey, whatever, on DVD. It's been a while since I watched it, but.
1: And that's um, just, that's got us, you know, obviously it's a little earlier in, in Sid's career, but, yeah. you know, that just speaks to Scott Niedermeyer if he's captain over Sid the Kid, you know? Like,
0: yeah, and like all who else was on that team. I mean, it was a great team. Um And, you know, but at, at that point of the career, I think, Niedermeyer was probably close to retirement, so they were probably like, you know, hey, he, old he's, man, the, sen- yeah, he's the senior, yeah, <laughs> senior uh, advisor, yeah,
1: yeah. And then, and then, yeah, Sid was captain in 2014 when they won, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting draft, um, because yeah, Lindros went first overall and he was, you know, kind of like Bedard is this year, and McDavid was in his draft year, like the undisputed you know, number one overall pick. Everybody knew that he was going first overall. Then of course the famous trade demand, because Quebec drafted him and then, you know, he wanted to didn't want to play for the Nordiques and whatever. So anyway, second overall though, that was uh Manitoba's own Pat Falloon went second overall in that draft to the San Jose Sharks, which we've talked some Falloon on this episode on this uh show before. Um and yeah, you think of the <laughs> the draft that the that draft class of like rookie cards uh upper deck and pro set or whatever S-
1: score yeah, yeah like sc- they- score sponsored eric lindros like there was all those special eric lindros cards yeah um upper deck had like the it was a, it was around 91 canada cup so you had all those um you know eric lindros in the canada cup jerseys mm-hmm. um but, yeah, yeah you, you know, that's, that basically kicked off the the big hockey card era, too. Like, Niedermeyer's, yeah. Niedermeyer's rookie card would have been, you know, kind of one of the main cards to get. Um, And now yeah, none, none of those cards are worth anything because there's so many of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, would have been a hot commodity. So, yeah, Niedermeyer went third. Um, Winnipeg Jets picked fifth in that draft. They chose Aaron Ward and uh, the sixth overall pick in that draft. To Philadelphia. Well, that was Peter Forsberg. So, yeah.
1: Well, and then Forsberg just w- flipped with Lindros, basically. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so, so Niedermeyer was a number 27. Get this in the first round of that year, there's a couple other guys I'm looking at who also wore 27 that I know of off the top of my head Alex Kovalev, drafted by the New York Rangers, and uh, Glenn Murray, drafted by the Boston Bruins. Both those guys they wore 27. There might be a couple others in there. I don't know, but maybe that was just a popular number at the time, you know, like it kind of comes in waves, right? Like think about, um, you know, uh, nowadays, nowadays you see a lot of guys that like, they seem to wear like their birth year, if you know, yeah. like the 97 and all that kind of stuff. Um, but 29, I feel like 29 was a popular number for a couple years there. And, I think we'll probably see a bunch of kids wearing 34 these days, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Also, when you can't be number 29 and then you just flip it and you become 92 or 18 and 81, like that's what happened with with Kessel and that sort of thing. We we are running short on time here at segment one, but we should take a couple minutes to talk about the New Jersey Devils of today. Uh, That's right, Yeah. yeah. Good what call. are your thoughts? You know, did you think this series was going to go actually, actually, I think we both said this series was probably going to go seven. I we think both, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't, don't check the tape. Just assume, just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just take my word for it. Um, yeah. But uh, no. yeah, it's, it's been a great series so far.
0: So I think I've like, I really like that series. I've been watching it. Um, and, you know, it, it's been on at the same time as the Tampa Toronto series, which is now over. And I would often watch the Rangers Devils and then flip it over to the Tampa Toronto one during like the intermission and then kind of like watch Tampa Toronto and then flip it back. But um, it's been a it's been a great series and like New York's offense kind of just like was like MIA for, you know, games three, four and five. They, they kind of finally found the back of the net again in game six. And um, Akira Schmid got pulled. They put in Vanacek. So that kind of brings a question like, you know, if you're the New Jersey Devils, you know, you, through the regular season, Vanacek was probably the main guy. And, you know, and Blackwood and Schmid played a little bit. But uh, so far in the playoffs, I think Blackwood must have got hurt because he's been gone. And so Vanacek came in and played last night. And I think he must've played the first two games that they lost. They put Schmidt in and they win three in a row. So do you go back to Akira Schmidt or, or do you, you know,
1: I think you do check or you're going back home for game seven. New Jersey has home ice advantage. I think you go with Schmidt because he's the kind of, he's the guy that, was in net for when they turned it around. I, yeah. I feel you just forget about game six and you focus on game seven. I think that's, that's what you do. So yeah. um, Yeah. It's going to be a good one.
0: Yeah. And, and the, um, it, it's funny they were kind of listing the guys who like hadn't scored a goal or a point yet in that game yesterday. And, you know, for New Jersey, Jesper Bratt, he, he's, he was a great, player during the regular season for the last couple seasons of the devils. Um, But he, you know, has yet to find the score sheet. I don't think Timo Meyer has found the score sheet yet.
1: Yeah. He's Um, been been pretty quiet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So they've got some guys that really need to elevate their (laughs) games. Like, yeah. Timo Meyer, six games, uh, no points yet in this playoff series. Um, And, Like Jack Hughes, uh, I'm just sorry, trying to find, uh, I got lost here, but I mean, like the Devils have been playing a very, they've been getting some nice depth scoring and and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, they, they definitely, I think are going to need their sort of, you know, offensive stars like Hughes, Brat, he sure like Nico, he yeah. has Captain. one goal in his last like 20 games or something like that. Yeah. Timo Meyer, they need these guys to step up in game seven. If the devils want to have any chance. And of course they need Schmidt to be really good. And then on the flip side, I think the Rangers maybe, you know, after a couple games of losing their mojo, they got the power play clicking last night Chris or Saturday night.
1: Criders in playoff mode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Chris Kreider. I mean, I think he's got like now the record for New York, New York Ranger power play goals in the playoffs. And also uh, what was it? First, first Ranger to score five power play goals in a series or something like that. And um, yeah, we, so we got, a,
1: doing... we got, we got a minute to go here before we okay. throw to our first song, uh, who you pick in for game seven. And then once you make your pick, uh, tell the listeners why we picked these song or what's the theme for our right. songs uh, for yeah, today. Yeah. So who are you picking game seven Rangers or devils?
0: I'll say Rangers, to be honest with you. I would yeah. say the same
1: thing, yeah. yeah. I think the experience is going to take it uh, for yeah. the Rangers, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, should be a beauty, though. But, yeah, let's throw to a song. Um, I'm not sure which song we want to play first, but the theme, uh, and we'll get into this right after the break, is is pushback. We all, if you're a Winnipegger, you know what we're talking about, the pushback. And uh, so all the songs that we're going to play today have either the word, you know, push... Or back or something like that kind of in the theme or title of the song so so which one should we go to first
1: let's go with uh cage the elephant back against the wall because okay. game seven you're Baxter against the wall boys that's
0: right that's right right here on talking hockey the hockey talking show
2: Tonight I'll have a look and try to find my face again Buried beneath this house, my spirit screams and dies again A monster wears a cloak of Persian leather Behind the TV screen, I'm falling to my knees I said you got me where you want me sink my teeth in deep burn all the evidence of fabricated disbelief pull back the curtains took a look into your eyes my tongue has now become a platform for your lies i said you got me where you want me Flushed By all the fallen leaves, a hand holds up the sky while shamefully I make my plea. The altars call them, but my legs won't seem to stand. Guess I'm a coward, scared to face the man I am. a said, You got me where you want me.
0: that was cage the elephant with backs against the wall going out to the new Jersey devils and New York Rangers whose backs are against the wall for game seven. One of those teams back is against the wall. I don't know which one yet, (laughs) but yeah, both, I guess you got to win. So, um, but yeah, let's, let's transition from, you know, the Eastern conference, uh, metropolitan semis, Let's talk about your hometown, Winnipeg Jets, Randy. Uh, Well, the Jets, they went out, I would say in a blaze of glory, but there wasn't much blaze, was there? It was, uh, they were kind of snuffed out rather quietly in the end. You know, it was a a heavy series against Vegas. It was um, a physical series. Uh, And for the most part, it was a close series. However, at the end of the day, and you mentioned this one time, you know, sure the games were close, but at the end of the day it was a 4-1 series win for Vegas, so was it really that close? No. no. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um that like but, I said that with the Oil- the Oilers series, it's like yeah. I think 3 3 of the 4 games went to overtime, but it was yeah. still a 4-0 sweep, so it's, you know, not that close.
0: While the Jets did have some pushback in game four, I believe it was, or, or was that game three where they were down and then uh that was game three uh where they were they trailed forest overtime double overtime lost the game um and we I think we we talked about that last week on the show I'm pretty sure.
1: Uh, yeah we would have yeah yeah yeah
0: but but since since they've been eliminated excuse me of course there's been no shortage of storylines around the Jets um, starting immediately with coach Rick Bonus's post game presser, which lasted 60 seconds. <laughs> what did you make of that?
1: Well, like they said, or like he said, yes. Or um, during his press conference this weekend, he's an emotional guy, you know, and he speaks, uh, you know, he doesn't hold back. And that's clearly, you know, what he was, thinking and feeling in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I can't blame the guy. Like he, he, he wants to try and he wants to be a part of a great team and, and win games. And if you're in a deciding game like that, and you're not that happy with, uh, the performance or the outcome, then, you know, of course you're going to feel like that. And honestly, this reminds me of, like four years ago when we were at your house watching game six jets versus blues. And then we, uh, you know, walked across <laughs> the street with our tail between our legs uh, to Leopold <laughs> to maybe, uh, try and forget about it. But yeah, it just, it's like a game six and everything's on the line. They, you know, you win or you're out. Uh, the jets were down three, two at that time. Uh, and they, they basically didn't really show up until they pulled their goalie uh, at the end yeah, of didn't they game have like... at the game yeah. against St. Louis there. And yeah. you know, very similar circumstances uh, this past week against Vegas, like uh, too little, too late. And yeah, you can't can't blame bonus or you know for for what he said. I feel I, I you know, yeah. So
0: he he came out and he said he's he was dis- disappointed and disgusted, and there was no pushback from the team. He said it's the same crap we saw in February, January. There was no pushback, and he said at the end of the day, their star players or their best players were way better than our best players i don't think any of that is disputable i don't think there's anything wrong with what he said and i agree he's an emotional guy he came out this is five ten minutes after they were eliminated in a game that they had to win that they didn't really show up for all that well and yeah he came out and kind of blasted his team um and then of course then the sort of locker cleanout day happens on saturday Blake Wheeler he goes in the media saying that he didn't appreciate how Bonus handled that or whatever. Um to me it was almost like Bonus was saying trades to Chevy. He's given a message to Chevy, you know, trade some of these guys or fire me cuz you know it's, it's one or the other. Like it ain't we're not we can't, he's I think it was basically Bonus saying there is no way an H E double hockey sticks that we can come back with this same exact same group. You know, now you and I before the show started taping, we were talking. I don't think they're going to blow it up, right? It's not going to be a rebuild. They're not going to use the word rebuild. You won't see any of that. But there's got to be some something. Something's got to give, right? Surely. Kevin Cheveldayoff, who is going to be back for his 13th year at the helm as GM of the Jets surely he's not going to walk back this group again <laughs> is he ready
1: yeah i don't know and like <laughs> the the unfortunate part is it's only april 30th <laughs> <laughs> like we still we still have like you know a month and a half for the Stanley Cup finals a- yeah. and then, and then the dra- uh, a free agency is just under 2 months away the NHL draft is 2 months away like there's a lot of time to speculate what's mm-hmm. gonna happen. And unfortunately here in Winnipeg, you know, if you if you live here and you follow hockey, uh they gotta they gotta fill the airwaves with something. So they're gonna be talking <laughs> a lot of stuff yeah. lately. Uh you know well, like, you gotta
0: think probably nothing's gonna happen until the draft at the very least, right? Nothing like, can
1: happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> yeah, unless like I don't know, something magical happens, like whatever they find a Player, They sign as a free agent or something. I don't know. But like even so, like, and they're like, yeah, so it's going to be a long summer long, you know, like, you know, until we start seeing things happen with the Jets. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, and it's just that type of thing that you can't predict. Um, you know, maybe Elliot Friedman will drop some bombs uh, throughout the playoffs during their intermissions. You know, I've been hearing from my sources that, right. <laughs> you know, this sort of thing, you know, maybe the, the PLD trade talk to Montreal will pick up like during the playoffs because they do like to him, him and Merrick still do their 32 thoughts podcast, which That's they've right. been kind of including some jets talk in there lately. Uh, maybe, maybe some of that will kind of spring up over the course of the playoffs, but Ultimately, um, yeah, we're in for uh, quite the wait to see what kind of team the Jets ice next year.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, if, if I, th- I think you're right. So, like, when you look at the playoff statistics for their series against uh, Vegas, there, it was Neil Pionk who led the team in points with seven assists. So he had he didn't score any goals, but Blake Wheeler was actually, you know, he had six points, two goals, four assists. In the five games against Vegas, and you know, I thought Blake played pretty decently overall in the in the playoffs. You can tell age is catching up with him at times. This is a guy who, you know, took a puck to the junk in the middle of the season, and you know, missed some time with a pretty severe industry uh, in- injury. And he's given his all to the Winnipeg Jets for his entire time here. You can't question anything about that. I don't know that I... I, Like, when I heard or saw the article and the quotes, I didn't actually listen to the interviews uh, from the weekend. I just kind of read about them. Um, I kind of just... My thought was, oh, Blake, boo-hoo, suck it up. You know, like... Like him him saying like how he didn't appreciate bonus you know saying that it's like it's the truth it's it is what it is what are you gonna I don't know um yeah. maybe the, it could have been one, more tactful I don't know
1: the one thing with that is like I do believe they had their meetings like their exit meetings with the GM and coach I don't know if they do that together or separately or how that works they do that and then they do the media and then yeah they, they can leave right so obviously yeah. You know, obviously Blake and Rick Bonus have talked about this in person, you know, yeah. they would have had a long flight home, you know, I'm yeah. sure, you know, or, you know, and even like they would have had some sort of party where they had a couple, you know, beers and, you know, reminisced and had yeah. the, the, like, and the, you know, it was a disappointing finish, but there was also some, obviously some great memories from the season that they're going to talk about those too. Yeah, um, so well,
0: that's, that's something that we can't probably lose that we shouldn't lose sight of is you know, if you rewind back to the training camp or the beginning, the offseason, whatever, and people were lambasting the Jets for not doing anything because at that time they were like, Oh, they gotta trade Wheeler, they gotta trade Shifley, all this stuff. And really, the only major move was they brought in Rick Bonus um there were some well, whole of, new
1: whole new coaching staff
0: yeah whole new coaching staff and there was some shuffling of peripheral pieces on the team and nobody thought the jets would make the playoffs like they they all thought that they were going to be a bottom feeder team and by by that i mean like all the sort of experts and the you know the prognosticators
1: and whatever it had them missing the playoffs probably yeah. Right? yeah and
0: the jets made the playoffs so in that sense i think this season was a success and probably at the beginning of the season that was the goal make the playoffs and then it was it was a success and i think the general the general vibe among fans this year was was good like it was that people were they liked the jets the, again this year whereas last year I didn't like that team. I was just uh, like, they were, it was so, it was just like hard to watch, you know? Yeah. Every time I watched the Jets game last year, I'm just like cursing and just like made me miserable. And (laughs) this year it was not as much of that. They had their big losing streak and, you know, stuff happens, but. And there's um, the,
1: there's the discussion about like the culture in the room and all that stuff. Like, you know, they, they tend to bring up a lot of the stuff from the past uh, but who really knows aside from them? Uh, you know, the the ones yeah. in the room. If they're all tight, you know, they're all tight. We don't we're we're not one to to know too much about that. Like nobody knows the crest of steel locker room, right? Like yeah. you we know, don't, you know, like that's that's kind of private business or whatever. But you know, if you think about it, maybe they are just like one bigger piece away, uh, you know. And I you have to think like from some rebuilding teams or some teams that didn't do so well, like say yeah. like Tampa Bay, who just lost in the first round, or a team like Vancouver who maybe wants to turn things around. Like if the Jets, you know, maybe clear up some some space on the back end and whether they lose, say, Pionk or or uh Dylan DeMello, Brendan Dillon, uh Nate Schmidt. Some of those contracts like Dylan Sandberg came in clearly looked great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I felt I've been like it's been great, he's been a great player on the Jets so far this year. Yep. Um, you, you got uh, Vili Hanala like sitting on the moose, who's likely ready to play, pro, yeah, he's uh, play. chomping at
0: the bit. Um, but,
1: so then if that clears up some space, and you know, maybe we're not gonna get you know, a guy like Timu Meyer or Meyer or whatever like that, but I feel like. Um maybe somebody like they've they've talked about like Brock Bezer from uh Vancouver Canucks or or even JT Miller, like you know, you gotta get the cap calculator out to see how those things could work. But I feel like a really solid top six ad to, to the Jets could, could could quickly maybe turn like change some minds and be like, mm-hmm. you know, we'll stick around, like you know, Shifley will stay or or BLD might stay or whatever. Like also yeah. like a lot of this stuff out there you, you can only take, you can, You have to take it with a grain of salt because a lot of these guys are just saying stuff for tweets or retweets and, and, you right. know, all that stuff. And so what, what well, really well, is I, true? I feel
0: like the whole PLD rumors to Montreal, I mean the Montreal hype machine, like the Montreal hockey media hype machine, it's, it just, it's crazy, you know, like, so like, they're just, they're already like envisioning him as a Montreal Canadian as if there's no other option when, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, he might end up there for sure.
1: But Who realistically, knows, but... realistically, if he goes there next year, um, does Montreal still, does? do they even make the playoffs? You know, like just think of yeah, how exactly. tough that they're division not... is.
0: Yeah, they're... yeah they're uh a little ways out yet, for sure they're still
1: they're still I would say a couple years away yeah. from making the playoffs consistently yeah. because of how good everyone else is around them but yeah uh, yeah yeah I I just feel um again we're going to be speculating for this for months <laughs> um but again yeah like if you think about the um uh the ads that Chevy made uh Nita Ryder and Nemesnikov, like
0: yeah both good ads. And In Nier rider has got yeah. another year on his deal. I don't know about Namastikov. I think he might be a free agent again now. I
1: believe so, yeah. yeah.
0: But um, those those were good ads. And you know what? I think Namastikov had – he had a bit of – they both do have a bit of an edge about their game, some pushback, if you will. Um, but I think that when you look at the Jets series against Vegas, yes, you need to take into account the injuries to the key players – but you also sort of just have to look at it as a whole and think like what, and and not even just the series against Vegas, but like the last half of the season, what happened to the scoring? Where did it go? You know, like, uh, Kyle Connor, I mean, he led the team in scoring, but I think he ended with, you know, 80 points or whatever, which not bad, not bad at all. Um, but I mean, this was a guy who had 97 last year or whatever it was. He had 40-something goals last year. He only had, you know, 27 or whatever it was this year. He, you know, he wasn't as impactful as I think people hoped he would be after his really breakout season last year. Pierre-Luc Dubois started the season really well for Winnipeg this year, scoring at a nice clip cooled off severely in the towards the end of the season. Um, you know, like in general, the jets just couldn't score enough, you know, yeah.
1: it, maybe there's some lessons to learn there too. Like from the players and the coaches, like mm-hmm. they went cold and what they tried to do didn't work. And now they know what could work, you know, for next mm-hmm. season, but actually we're, we're running out of time for this segment. We should wrap it up. Cause we want to talk some Oilers and Leafs in the yeah. last segment. So, uh, um, you know, Jets tough season, but uh, you know, only only uh, some interesting, you know, uh, storylines and everything else to 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 follow. Definitely for the next few weeks, for sure. Uh, it's going to be a long summer, so maybe uh, join a baseball team or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and so well, sticking with our theme of songs about we'll pushback, we're going to play a, a song by uh, Canadian rock and roll group the sheepdogs uh definitely uh, some favorites around here and th- they've got a song called back down and it's about not backing down actually and so maybe, maybe the uh <laughs> the boys need to play this one in the locker room uh next year so yeah right here on talking hockey the hockey talking show here's the sheepdogs with back down Right, that was back down by the Sheepdogs. Uh, you're listening to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We've got uh, our final segment here of the program. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Edmonton Oilers and Toronto Maple Leafs who they uh, they passed the test. They, they, they went through the first round. They're on to the next round of the playoffs. Edmonton, um I mean, they've been one of the best teams in the second half of the NHL season. They took out the Kings four games to two um game six had some drama it was pretty close um and edmonton won that game five four and then uh speaking of drama the toronto maple leafs to uh they won their first series in 19 years since 2004 was the last time they won a playoff series uh and they beat tampa two to one in overtime in their game six uh in tampa to to take the series um it was uh John Taveras, Captain Johnny Tavares, who uh, scored the goal.
1: Pajama boy, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And then of course, all the all the internet was ablaze with the photos of him sleeping in his Maple Leafs bed or whatever. And it was like, How Leafs fans do be sleeping tonight or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I I'm I feel like the Steve Buscemi meme right now. It's like, hello, fellow kids. Yeah. So yeah.
1: how do you do fellow kids or whatever? Yeah. Well, um, everything has to become a meme these days, I guess. I eh? know.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um and you know what? Nothing really like describing a meme from the internet over the radio. So yeah. <laughs> that's but but no, like Toronto like I couldn't believe it. They did it, it as you know, it was uh, a long time coming. Of course, they missed the playoffs for like 10 years in a row. Um, and then uh, in the Austin Matthews era, he came around 2016. I think it was the next year they made the playoffs and they just, uh, you know, couldn't get past Washington, Boston, Tampa, you know, the heavy hitters of the Eastern Conference. And um, they finally did it this year. And this is probably the best Leafs team we've seen in the Matthews era. Um, But how fitting was it that it was Tavares, really, who scored the overtime goal? Like, it's um,
1: yeah, honestly, I you know, like we said last week with uh, adding um, Ryan O'Reilly, that I think that's that's a big difference to the Maple Leafs. uh, Somebody who's truly been there before, Mm -hmm. Uh, Conn Smythe winner, Stanley Cup winner, and just like a value like a valuable member to the team, both, both ends of the ice in the faceoff off circle uh, and like a good mentor, obviously to the young kids. Yeah. Um, it makes me think too, uh, my prediction was like all three Canadian teams were going to advance. So two for three ain't bad.
0: No, yeah, just like meatloaf <laughs> saying two out of three ain't bad. And uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I think um, so they don't, as of, as of us recording this, we don't know we're recording Sunday afternoon, we don't know who their opponent is going to be. They'll be either Boston or Florida, right? So that game seven goes Sunday night. So um, in the in the West, it'll be Edmonton and Vegas. So maybe you know Edmonton can do us Winnipeg Jets fans a favor and put a fork in the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, and just finish them off.
1: Yeah, I Um, I would. I would pick Oilers. Um, Yeah. Even in those games, uh, I think it was two games ago when the Oilers were down, uh, and then they tied it up. Like I, yeah, you, like, um, they just they've got they've got pushback, you know, like they do, yeah. yeah. They've like, got I, two
0: guys, one named McDavid and one named Trice Lytle. Uh, they might as well change their names to push and back because exactly. those guys.
1: They come. They they. There's always un, There's there's always going to be another Oilers push. Like yeah, you know, uh, you can just sense it coming. And I think that was the game when uh, Evander Kane uh, tied it up. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. So they, it was three nothing after one. They pull Skinner, put Jack Campbell in. Campbell comes in, plays lights out. I mean, he allowed one goal, but like he played really well. And then the guys in front of him. Had the pushback and they, yeah, yeah, they tied it up and forced the overtime, Mm -hmm. won the game. And uh, that was Zach Zach Hyman that got the winner, I believe. And uh, last night it was Kyler Yamamoto who got the winner and, or sorry, Saturday night, I should say. And that's another thing about the Oilers team this year that is different than past Oilers teams. You know, we mentioned McDavid Dreisaitl, obviously they're two of the best players in the world and they play on the same team um but the criticism was always that the Oilers weren't deep you know they didn't they didn't have depth scoring they didn't have players who could sort of pick up the slack if it weren't McDavid and Draisaitl but i feel like this Oilers team this year does have that like they've got good players well, how about that costin
1: costin yeah. scored two yesterday or yeah, saturday yeah
0: exactly so i mean yeah they had they had goals from all over the lineup and Evan Bouchard so they traded Tyson Berry for Eckholm, who, I mean, Eckholm has been a fantastic fit for the Oilers, just such a good defenseman. And you know what? Like around the trade deadline, there was a slight rumor about Winnipeg being in on Eckholm. And I was, I liked that idea, but, you know, obviously he goes to Edmonton and he's just been great there. But um, trading away Tyson Berry allowed Evan Bouchard more ice time. He's a uh, quarterback in the power play. He had ten points in that series: two goals, eight assists. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's pretty good.
1: <laughs> like- that's that's a lot more than Kyle Connor had. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. actually, yeah. Kyle Connor and Mark Scheifele combined probably. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You look at and you look at Bouchard, and he's been a long time coming for the Oilers, and I think it's probably safe to say he's kind of arrived now. Um, it's only his second year in the league, I believe uh but he's you know he's a young guy and he's figuring it out and but he's a right-handed shot defenseman and man can he shoot they love to say boosh bomb which i think is kind of <laughs> gross but like uh hanuran singh and uh, louis de there a couple games ago that's all they just kept saying boosh bomb i was like come on
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah he can rip the puck and so yeah, the Oilers. I think they're looking good against Vegas. I, I'm going to pick the Oilers over Vegas for sure. So
1: yeah, I, I think Vegas had it easy, honestly, against the Jets. Mm-hmm. And I think the Oilers uh, are going to be too much for them. Uh, I think, uh, you know, their depth. Uh, you know, the the Drysaddle and McDavid. I think they've got their goaltending figured out. Uh, Skinner has been playing. You know, uh, you know a lot better than they've experienced in the past. And those are, yeah. and you know, like you said, adding at home, like those are all different things that the Oilers didn't have before that. I think they've got now. And I think it's going to be tough for, uh, for Vegas to deal with that. And for the Leafs, I think it's, it's basically up to who they play. Honestly, if Boston wins, I think that's a toss up, but I think if Florida wins, I think Florida beats Toronto because Matthew Kachuk, <laughs> Uh, is just that guy I think who could take yeah. over a series, and he he would really rattle the Leafs. I think. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. And if they beat Boston, I mean, that gives them a lot of confidence going into a series against Toronto.
1: An eighth seed beating the like clear-cut number one seed, uh, yeah. I think it's a it's a, it starts snowballing. But we're down to less than a minute to go here, so uh, one last song to play and uh, and yeah, wrap up the show.
0: Sure. Yeah. Let's go with a throwback to high school with this one. This is, uh, we're going to play a sublime song. Um, don't push, uh, it's off the 40 ounce to freedom album. I don't know how many times I listened to this in high school, but let's just say it was a lot. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, don't push the, the jets did not push. Uh, the Oilers did the Leafs did. And they're, uh, that's the way she goes. So,
1: Actually quickly there's so there's game seven Monday. That would be um New Jersey. Well,
0: Boston, Boston, Florida is game seven on Sunday. T- yeah. Uh Seattle, uh Colorado game seven on Sunday. So this is uh before, you know, we were we were recording before these games. And Monday's game seven is Rangers Devils, right? Right.
1: And we picked the Rangers. So yeah. if you're watching TV tonight. Go Rangers. Uh, (laughs) And then I guess we're off to the second round.
0: Yeah. So we'll catch you next week on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. And uh, let's go out on some Sublime with Don't Push.
3: Stolen from an African land. Chased out with a knife, with a face like Bob Marley, and a mouth like a motorbike. Oh well, the bars are always open, and the time is always right. And if God's good word goes unspoken, the music goes all night, and it goes. If I whoop out Marley, I think, could you be loved? And if I was half pint, I would my lord up above. If I was Mike Tyson, I would be for a fight. And if I was a room I would be staying up all night. If I was a king of rock, I would get stupid dumb. From, for Valley mm-hmm. You know number-y, number-y, what i do? I'd point mm-hmm. that shit street at the sky and shoot heaven on down for you. Mm-hmm. Because the bars are always open and the time mm-hmm. is always right. And if God's good word goes unspoken, the music goes all night and it goes. I want to love her, but I can't find the time. I want a reason, I can't find a rhyme And I want to start some statics, but I can't afford it with the ground like I fall off my skateboard Hey, Nowadays, it's clear as you please Get strapped with protection, or strapped with disease, disease Laughter, disease, it's disease, free disease, Anytime, disease, just disease, call me 439-0116 When you die, with sublime, you get <laughs> Fucking <pressure. laughs> mm-hmm. From an yeah. Africa land, I'll chase out of the bar. Mm-hmm. I saw my best friend tonight, so don't push me too far. Gonna run, come down with the new lyrics Get hip, get hip Don't slip your knuckleheads Races on his skis. I'm on a serious tip You don't believe me that I'm going bust your lip. <laughs> I hear the mountain, it hard to climb Rough for the rhythm and it must be sublime Listen, you're the lover, yet are right on time We got cricket with the quickness and the baseline line Bass A
1: new style in a unique
2: shiny. fashion And good, good bias They keep <laughs> on playing Playing <laughs> they my fire one shot For PC quality Come, come They're come With the rougher style Come, come They don't care about your Ricky style Come, come If they come, come, come With a they style give my fire one shot Pump, pump With the shot they a my fire two shot Pump, 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 they're, pump a shot. they're my fire three shot Pump, they're pump they shot I about me rock, 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 rock. we yeah. yeah. who are are we are who are
3: Sick of it, tweaking every weekend, and we just can't take it.